Blog Talk Radio. Flurry, you better grab a life vest. Did I lie? Yes. <laughs> Bye-bye. Pull the mask off. People aren't going to like what they see. Looks going to look like flesh on the outside. You rip it open, and it's just circuitry and wires. If my plan works, think of this. I'm going to be off the block from a guy who put on a carrot suit, took an avocado bath, took a chum bath, and sat out of an HOH competition all to get me out. Hello? Will? Yeah? Hey, it's Boogie. Hey! Check this out. unscrupulous and unexpected it's time for another summer of big brother well hello big brother family welcome back to the bb after show my name is sam i'm your host every thursday night and we talk about a multitude of things that are big brother this this time we're going to be talking about BB3, BB Week 3, excuse me, Big Brother 23 and Week 3. It's uh, tongue-tied, I guess, a little bit. But I want to remind everybody, please remember we're sponsored by Morty's Television. Please go by and see them. Check out Morty's TV at mortystv.com. Um, they do a whole lot to help us promote this show, and and uh, they're a huge part of our family, they're a huge part of theirs. Please uh, go and Visit the website, see all the cool things they have going on. You'll uh, love it for sure. They do contests, they have forums, they have, you know, uh, we've got live uh, feed updates, all this other stuff that's going on. It's a lot of fun for you, I promise. You're going to love it and enjoy it. Squeeze it and hug it. Be a big part of your life going forward. If you're not a member there, you should be. And, um, of course, you know, I have been gone for two weeks, and you're probably wondering what's going on with you. I know that's going to be, or it has been a big topic on the Internet uh, as far as what happened to the BB After Show. Well, let me tell you, it's been a really rough few weeks, and uh, if anybody else has ever had things happen in threes, well, you understand where I'm coming from. So we do the first episode that week, that, that following weekend, that Monday, I lose my hot water heater in my home, get the hot water heater guy out, he's put a new hot water heater in, okay, not happy about this, you know, I'm not the richest guy in the world, so not something I'm thrilled with, but we got to do what we got to do. As I'm paying this guy to replace my hot water heater, my HVAC makes a noise. Now, I'm in the South. Okay, we're reaching temps of about 92, 92, okay? On the flip side of all this, you're dealing with the humidity, okay? Now, if you're a Western person, you don't understand this. You get dry heat, okay? Maybe a little bit, maybe you guys in Texas, you get dry heat. The South, and I'd say a little bit of the Midwest, 
and depending on where you live up north, northeast, we deal with humidity. And let me just describe this for you. Um, imagine not just the sun beating down, but the sun heating the air. And so you're not just dealing with the sunbeams, but you're dealing with the heated air because of the water in the air. And when you step out to go outside, you're surrounded by 30 blankets. And uh, it was really hot without air conditioning. Uh, so wanted to get that fixed. Should be done in a week, probably by the time this week two, you know, or week, uh, we're going to be doing like that first eviction, right? Get through that and put a part on for the air conditioner in my home. And again, not the richest guy in the world. So got to stroke a check for that. My kids have basically no college uh, funding coming. And turns out after about uh, about an hour or two of my home warming up, or I'm sorry, cooling off, something makes a noise upstairs in the attic where the air conditioner is. Turns out the part was defective. Call the people. Hey, man, we need, you know, I need it. We can't get into the part for a couple of days and probably won't be able to get it for the weekend. So we're going on one week without air. They finally get it fixed. The following Wednesday, or right on the Thursday, as we're getting into the second eviction, <laughs> and we're just trying to readjust, kind of get the kids home because we've been living with in-laws until the air conditioner came back on. And it's like, okay, settle down. Thought, you know what, I need to do a show tonight, but just so much was going on. And okay, following up into that Monday or whatever, uh, I believe it was. Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm driving to work. This is the following week, driving to work. My car overheats. Now, this is a 2014. It's got 70,000 miles on it, still under an extended warranty, thank God. But the car overheats. I have to pull over. I'm thinking, this is crazy. This is insane. So needless to say, it gets fixed. Everything got fixed, but it took about two and a half weeks to get everything done. And I'm telling you how hot it is in the South for a reason. There's no way where my studio is upstairs in my home that I'm coming up here when there's no air and doing a show. I love you people tremendously. You mean so much to me. You have given me so much, but uh, this one, uh, I got to bow out, right? It's just too hot. So I'm sorry I've been gone, you know, but we're back and Morty's is here with us. We're, we're, we're back into this thing. We're having fun. We got a lot to pick up on. I'm not going to go over the weeks I missed. I don't want to bore you. On this show, we do Thursday night episodes after the eviction, and we discuss what we think ha or what happened in that week, and we discuss what we think is going to be happening in the following week, and we talk about strategy and psychology. You know, this is not a we just read off everything that happens. You've got podcasts for that. This is a different type of show. When we talk about the psychology and the strategy of how everything's going to happen and what we think is going to happen, we're, we're not always right, but we nail it a lot. And you know what? There's some people I like um, that are still playing that I said in the first episode I really like. I still like a lot of these players. But uh, listen, we're going to handle this, and we're going to dive in, and we're going to take care of it. But first, I've got to check in with Morty's and let you guys uh, – Check out a commercial from our friends Morty's uh, and 
When we come back, we're going to talk about week three and everything that happened and what we think is going to happen. Guys, hang on, okay? It's the Big Brother After Show. I'm Sam. We're getting readjusted. There's some rust here, but I promise you, we're going to have fun tonight. Hang in there. We'll be right back. It's summertime again, which can only mean one thing. Big Brother coverage is back at Morty's TV. Morty's TV is the website that's been covering Big Brother USA since 2000. And now Morty's coverage is on Facebook and Twitter. So check out our links at mortystv.com slash bb or tvfanforums.com. strategy of things. And we can't ignore the mental toll and the anguish that we saw Frenchie go through as we see him uh, get evicted last week. And, you know, it's something that I put out there and I've I've not been able to get to Twitter. We're going to improve that. But now that that I've got some AC, (laughs) you know, and all my problems were Temperature related. I'm a hot water heater, my AC, I'm a car. Anyway, cursed. Wrong time to be cursed, wrong place to be cursed with HVAC problems. Anyway. But, you know, we, we, we've got to talk about the thought of, you know, there's a quote by Mike Tyson that I think is one of the best quotes ever. And he had just, he had just you know, had a victory knockout. And he was asked about the plan of his opponent and what his opponent had planned to do. And did that strategy help him against Tyson, you know, and everything like that Tyson had won, but you know, he was going to come in and do this and do that and do that. Did you feel that blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Tyson's quote was basically this. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. 
everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And boy, is that the truth in life. Is that the truth in Big Brother? Because Fringy had a plan until they got punched in the mouth. And the punch in the mouth is the reality that you're on a show. And listen, it's easy for us to sit back and judge. It's really super easy for us not to be in the house, to be aware of all conversations and all discussions, to be able to go online and read your spoilers and whatnot, you know, watch your feeds. It's easy to do that and then have this all-knowing perception on how things should be run. And it's a false perception that we would be really great at this game because we know so much. And I think there's a lot of players, especially big fans that come into this game who watch the show from an eagle's eye view, like you and me, and we watch it, and we know everything going on, and we know, you know, it kind of changes your perception on how you would deal with the house. It's an unfair perception. It's an unfair perception towards the players, because I guarantee you each one of us who would go into this house would be worse than we really thought we would be at it. And there would be a lot of top of your head, quick on your feet, move, you know, moments and movements that you're going to have to make because you're not sure what's going on. And listen, we, we're, we're privy to all these, all these discussions and secrets, but these guys are not. And I'm not excusing Frenchie's bad gameplay, but I certainly see paranoia there from a major, major, major fan of this game who, like us, watch from an eagle's, eagle's point of view, from the ivory tower, knowing all, seeing all, until you get there. And you're on the other side of those cameras, and you're not watching everybody's discussions. You're not seeing what everybody says. Now, if you ever get on the show, use this as an example not to panic. Your odds of winning are 1 in 12, 1 in 16, what, you know, whatever the cast is, Okay. One in 13. Whatever the cast is, you're, you're one in that. The odds are not incredibly good. Okay, You're looking at less than 10% that you're going to be at the end of this game. So go in and just play the game and, and, and see where you end up. And that's where Frenchie messed up. My advice for anybody that's going to the house, hey, you get, you, you, get on the, you get on the show next year, I hope you're a fan of this show because I tell you, don't worry about anything. We've talked about strategy in the past. You go in, you talk about, you ask more questions than you answer. You ask, ask, ask everyone, everything. You, you become friends with everyone you can the first night. You create that bond. And then from there, the game, you know, I'm not a fan of first HOH. I'm not a fan of any HOH. I'm old school. <laughs> I think HOH is just a target. I think the last one, second to the last HOH or the last, you know, before we get into final, the final two, final three, final four, that, it gets a little bit more important, sure. But for this part of the phase, first, you know, opening game, middle game, end game, right now, opening game, I'm, HOH is not even on my radar. What is on my radar is bonding and communicating and being interested, genuinely interested in other people, even if I don't care. That's a Dan Giesling marker right there. Take that and put it in your pocket. Save it in the back of your mind if you ever go on Big Brother. Get to know people. And the game doesn't start until you're on the block. 
the game really doesn't start for you until your back's against the wall. That's going to prove how good you are. But people think when they go in how good they are is this Derek idea that you'll just be perfect and play an, you know, this perfect game. And I've said before, Derek was a trained undercover cop. The training he has is beyond most people. The only other person that even comes close is maybe Daniel Reyes, one of my personal favorites, top three. And if you want to check her out, that would be season three. Fantastic season if you like strategy, by the way. I'm always preaching for the golden years. But what happens with Frenchie is Frenchie gets in there. He looks up there. There's cameras. On her, he's on the other side of that camera, and he knows what people are talking about. He, he's fantasizing in his mind. He's working up things that are being said in other rooms that he normally watches, but now he can't be privy to. And it begins to mess with your brain. Right? You, you, you begin to think about all these things that are going on that you know are going on that you can't see. I mean, you're, you're flying blind. <laughs> and a game that you watch a paranoia, and it begins to grind. I, don't, I, I, I would never do what Frenchie did because we've seen other players do exactly what Frenchie has done and follow down that path. But I also think there should be a little bit of sympathy for the job that he became, for the fact that if you really do love this game and you really do want to play it and you really do want to be a legend, that's a lot of pressure you take in with you. And there's a lot of false prophecy that you're coming in with. But Frenchie ends up really making a, a lot of big mistakes. There's promises being made and protections and promises and things. And but we're going back and forth. We're going up. Wires are crossed and the, uh, the circuitry is going. Uh, boom. He's blown up. He's done. And that's sad because I think Frenchie came in. He was somebody I really liked coming in this thing. I thought he was going to be a good competition player. I thought he would kind of lay low. But that first HOH just kind of screwed it. That's why that first HOH is really important to let somebody else deal with that, but to build the bond before that ever happens. Now, in these cases, sometimes you don't have that opportunity. That did happen. But you, you have the opportunity for nominations. You talk to enough people, you bond with enough people, enough people are going to stick up for you a little bit when it comes down to your name being mentioned. I kind of like Sam. And that pressure, that pressure is a huge thing for them. For all of them that are in that house. And I got to be honest with you, this is an intelligent cast. I mean, a lot of people are not liking this cast, but I got to be honest with you. There's cast in the past that I really couldn't stand. I'll be quite frank with you guys. I haven't liked the cast in a long time. But what I like about this cast is I feel like everyone is somewhat thinking for themselves. And we're going to discuss what happened this week where they kind of showed that to us. There's a lot of people that are thinking beyond things, and, and I love that. You know, I'm, I, I mean, there's, there's floaters in this game, but everybody's kind of thinking. You know, Even if they're thinking wrong, everybody's thinking. Nobody's relying too much on everybody else because there's things that are starting to happen. It's better just to lay low when you're on the block and talk small game with players when on the block. But the more you talk, the louder you talk, the more attention you draw to yourself. If you ever get on the block, talk small game talk with several people. Don't run up to the HOH and try to start making this huge deal. Work your way up the ladder because you don't know who people are working with. Work your way up the ladder. 
Me personally, I keep Frenchie in. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big meat shield guy. I think you need the, the person that's the most difficult in. You make him give you promises. You make him promise the HOH things. You make everybody – you work your butt off to get Frenchie to stay, not because he's a great player, but because he's paranoid and he's a terrible player. As long as a Frenchie is in the house, he is a target. <laughs> you know who you want to get rid of? Intelligent people, comp people. People you can tell have a lot of intelligence. Xavier is a good example. But everybody in this cast just seems like they've got a little bit something in the tank, and I love that about this cast right now. If you have somebody on the block that's that's panicking, feed into that paranoia. Walk them right down that plane. That's how you play this game. Unfortunately, French, he walked himself right down the, the plank, and he couldn't get out of it, and it just got to be a mess, and I just – listen, I, I, I keep targets. I always keep targets. This is an old-school way of strategy. You always try to keep targets around you because you start getting rid of these targets. You start getting rid of these personalities that are too strong, and people don't like and all this stuff. You keep getting rid of all these guys. Guess what? People start getting to the – start looking around. Who can we get? Some point it's you. So give me the targets. But anyway, we see – after the chaos of the week, and again, I have a little bit of sympathy for Frenchie. You have to understand that. Xavier wins HOH. Kings and Queens start working together, and pretty soon Brent's the target. And it's a season where you're starting to realize strong personalities are going to go out the door. If you're not really well-balanced, if you're not a good communicator, or if you're, you know, you're, you're, uh, obviously Brent was a terrible communicator. Frenchie was a terrible communicator. And these things, you know, you can't count the first guy out. Let's, you got to relax there because, I mean, we see people go home just because they're the oldest and whatever. But as this game goes, I think this is going to be a game where we're going to see a lot of the stronger personalities go home. And Brent is one of those big personalities. And it, it, listen, it's what a week of obvious. What a week of obvious. And we're doing this wild card game. I, I, I'm going to tell you guys. I don't know how I feel about the wild card game. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I don't. But I think CBS is trying to do this to control the options of – who gets nominated. I don't know if anybody's come across that idea yet, but it seems like to me CBS is doing this so they can control who the possible you know, targets will be. There's just too many people that are being able to be safe. I mean, I mean how many people are going to keep safe? How long is this going to go on? There's going to be a time where like, you know <laughs> – one team's going to win HOH, one team's going to win the wild card, and everybody's going to be saved but like two people. You're going to be like, okay, well, I guess I know who's going to be on the block tonight. It's just, you know, hopefully this thing relaxes at some point. But we see this all happen. Tiffany wins the wild card, and honestly, she gets really screwed in this thing. You know, Xavier wins the HOH, Tiffany wins the wild card. 
she's screwed. Either she can completely screw up Xavier's plan to put Brent up, or she can take non-safety, which in that position she's fine. But sometimes things get a little screwy. And you can see down the line where there's a setup happening, and people in the house are starting to notice the setup happening. They see it coming. I mean, from Tiffany denying that, then we get into the POV and all this. I mean, people are seeing this happen. Of course, she declines the safety. It's good for her to think ahead. They got bigger fish to fry. She knows she's not in danger and all that. My first thing is, well, why is she giving it up? Why wouldn't you take that? So what? So what everybody in the member gets to keep somebody safe? Who cares? <laughs> right? I mean, you're safe. The people who want HOH are safe. That team. The Kings. So who cares? I just need to keep myself safe, and if they want to save some people, let them. But she denies it, which is it's, it's good because we know what the end result is going to be. But I'm not sure it was the smartest gameplay for herself, but that's okay. It all worked out. And I like Tiffany. Tiffany's one of the people I think will be at the end. I think she's really, really strong. I think she's somebody who thinks ahead. I, I mean, we see the discussion about he wants to put Brittany and Brett up and all this other stuff. And as it comes in and talks to Xavier, and, and I tell you, she's emotionally intelligent. Isaiah is, you know, is emotionally intelligent to me. Um, but the emotion part scares me a little bit because even though I feel like this is a really smart cast, I think they're smart in different ways, which I like from bottom to top. I mean, you know, now that we've had some people moved out of the house, I mean, we're dealing with some people that are pretty, t- pretty intelligent, in my opinion. Well, <laughs> unless you count the POV, Brittany, but. She's right talking to Xavier, and here's, here's where I'm confused. And, and again, this is not a show about spoilers. This is a show about what we saw on Thursday night, the eviction, what we think is going to happen. This, I don't, spoilers are not my – it's not what I could do. I, I truly enjoy the show as it unfolds. This is the way I've watched the show from, from season two. I've watched the show unfold on television. And that's the way I will keep it. I will always just watch the show unfold in television. I, I enjoy the things that happen that I'm not ready for, right? It's hard in this business, in this environment, not to know a lot of things happening, of course. But the least I know, the more enjoyable the show is. And that's God's honest truth. So I've always done that. This is not a spoiler show. But I think she's right in a way about not putting Brittany up in their discussion with, with her, in her discussion with, with Xavier. I think it's I think she's right. Putting Brittany up is going to break her. She's too fragile, and we see that kind of start to happen. And I don't think he's seen the big picture here, but she also has to play ball. Now he's wrong and she's right. It was way too obvious in the wild card, and in the in the veto it becomes even more obvious. But Sometimes as early on, you just be glad it's not you and work with the people that are taking care of you, right? But I think that she has a great heart, and I think she has an emotional intelligence, but because she doesn't get too wrapped up. But I think the demand of, well, just put me up to say, Brittany, although very sweet, it's not the game we're playing. You know, this is not Big Brother. You know, we're not, we're not playing 
you know, Big Brother's not played in the way of keeping people off the block because of their emotional instability sometimes or how much it will hurt them. So it worries me that she she's that way. But I think it's a tremendous, you know, trait to be that kind of person. But I'd be really, really worried about dealing with that person going forward, as Xavier expressed a little bit, because you don't know emotionally where she's going to be on something that she doesn't agree with. If she's already doing this, what's she going to do down the road? Because there's going to be something else that's going to come along she's going to feel uncomfortable with. And is she going to put her foot down and refuse to go along? Or, you know, I feel like she kind of let it go this time. But is she going to get to let it go next time? She's the type of personality who these these types of things that she feels are injustices to people that are not strong enough to maybe take them in this Big Brother game. I think she's going to be an advocate for that, which I think is a beautiful thing. But that's not what we're that's not what we're doing. So I, I love the person she is, and I would love to see her go a little bit further in this game because it's the kind of person you can cheer for. However. It's really hard to see her go far because I think this emotional intelligence is always – this emotional feeling is always going to be overtaking her gameplay. But I, I – I, listen, you know, I like that Xavier approached, you know, Brent saying, hey, you're a pawn, blah, 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 but let's give the guy a little bit of credit. He, he knows what's coming. But I, I, I'm still – I'm still not sure why Brittany couldn't have been told. You know, I get that maybe you don't trust her, keep her work. But listen, Brent's going to know at this point. Brent knows. Okay? Brent knows. He's not stupid. Okay, so... Trying to act like you got to keep it from Brittany so it doesn't get to Brent. It's just silly. There's no reason not to tell her. But I will say this. The, the, the impressive things that I kind of see here, not a lot of backdooring going on. I think the backdoor is way overused. I think it's a coward's way to play the game. I know it feels safe and you do it. Nobody wants to be backdoor. And I'm an advocate. I've said this for years. I'm an advocate for the diamond power of veto being the power of veto in the game. Which means that if you win the power veto, you have the right to nominate who you want to replace you. Now, I'm going to tell you right now. You want to improve Big Brother overnight, and you can argue with me that this wouldn't happen. I'm telling you, it will. With every, I would give up my show. I will give it to you. You can host it, whatever. I'll put my show on the line. Diamond power veto replacing gold, the golden power veto, makes this game a hell of a lot better. Because the HOH who does have some control, we're assuming should have absolute control. And I don't agree with that. Now, the voting is, can, can switch for sure. But give me somebody that can – and let the whole house compete for this power of veto, the whole house. Okay? Let the whole house compete. Get that diamond power of veto. Somebody wins it, wants to shake up the house, pull somebody down and put somebody up that nobody's expecting – I think it makes for a great game. I think it changes how this game dynamic goes. I think it takes a little bit of power out of the HOH to give it back and maybe to even take it away from big alliances we've seen in the past. I think it cleans up a lot of this game. So give me diamond power of veto, but it's not there, right? 
But it, 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 it is what it is. We see everything happen at the power of veto. Brittany gets pushed out. I mean, a lot of obvious things happen there between Tiffany and, and Derek uh, X, who I like a lot. I mean, I know he's popular on the internet. I, I think I think a lot of him. I think, gosh, if he gets to the end, that's going to be really great. I think, I think there's a couple of people in this game and this season that if they get to the end, I think it's great for for Big Brother fandom. I think I have a weird feeling that BB23 will be won by somebody who's really deserving. And I have a feeling that that final four, final two, final three, we're going to have a lot of people that are going to be deserving of it. It could be a year where a lot of people are going to be split on who they think should win, which happens a lot. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, real rational reasons, not just because they were your favorite or they wore something you liked or I like how she talks or I like how he looks. No, throw that all out the window. You're listening to the wrong you're listening to the wrong podcast for that. But I think at the end, we, this is a season where we could see a lot of really quality Final Four um, contestants standing there and going, you know what? I think they all have a, they all have a, a right to this. I think it's going to be a really strong ending for this season. I think a lot of people are going to be really happy with how this season ends. But listen, numbers are down. I mean, we're, we're just edging over 3 million. Not good. <laughs> not good at all. Uh, Big Brother has just stumbled and not been able to get its feet back under it. And it, it, it really just declined. I think I think he went back and looked, and it's like season 12 on. It's just boom, 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 down, 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 down. And, I mean, we're, we, you know, listen, there was a time where it was at like almost six or seven million per episode watching this. And I thought, man, that's, a, that's not a great number. That's not a great number when you look at television shows, even on CBS. These numbers feel really low. Now we're at 3 million, 3.8. So a good season ender here that can maybe draw some fans back because they like who's playing could be real positive for Big Brother and CBS. CBS needs, listen, <laughs> CBS needs a winner. I know people don't want to hear that, but they, they need a winner at some point here in this Big Brother run. And when I mean winner, I mean they need somebody who's dynamic who brings attention to the game, that people are interested in it. I don't know that we get that from this cast because there's nobody with a really dynamic personality like a Dr. Will, Diane Daniel Reyes, uh, uh, you know, Dan Giesling. We're not seeing that, and we haven't seen that in quite some time. We haven't. We haven't seen those dynamic goats, greatest of all time, playing this game in a long time. You can say, Derek, listen, that season was really boring. <laughs> I, I like Derek. Derek's a top, top. He's a top player, but I'm not an advocate for he's the greatest. Just because that season, just there was no challenge, and not because you know really. I mean, he did some great stuff, but God, what a what a poor season. <laughs> and we've been getting poor seasons. Whether we want to admit it or not, that All Star season was. Listen, I say look, I, I say I'm a mean but fair. That, that Big Brother All Star season was was trash. That should have been done in season 14. I'm going to tell you, Big Brother messed up big time. And I'm going to throw this out here right in the middle of this discussion. 
because I think it's important to recognize where the ratings are here in this season and where this show's going and where we think this show will end for the season. Hopefully it's going to end strong, and they need a strong ending. But All-Stars being at season 22 was ridiculous. You had people that had been out of the game so long that putting them back in the game was just shameful. Was, I'll tell you exactly where Big Brother messed up, and they would be strong right now had they not done this. Season 13 bets, you brought back Jordan, right? You brought back Jeff. You brought back Evil Dick. You brought back, you know, Danielle. You brought back Brendan. You brought back Rachel. Then in season 14, and you play these people with bad amateur players that were new to the game, but just got ran over, period. That season 13 was awful. And then the very next season, you come back and you throw Janelle, Dan Giesling, Boogie, and Brittany Haynes into a season right after that. Can I clue anybody in? That's, that's nine players in season 14 that if you combined in one season takes care of almost your entire all-star cast. Jeff Jordan, Danielle, Evil Dick, Rachel, Brendan, Janelle, Dan Giesling, Mike Boogie, Brittany Haynes. That's, that's a strong core of people to start with. And they could have had them. And you give us an all-star that season, numbers are going to go back up. They're going to sustain. And then season 21, guess what happens? Another all-stars every seven years. I don't know why Big Brother fights this, but this is where we are. They didn't do that. They waited too late to do an all-star season. By that time, a lot of interest had dropped. People were tuning in for the all-star season, and they saw who was on there, and they were like, ah, this might be pretty good. And then they just saw the vets just get destroyed for the most part. And it was like your favorites just weren't there anymore. They couldn't play the game as well as you thought they could before. The game has evolved, and it's changed, and the numbers go down. So Big Brother right here in Season 23 needs a strong finish. And we see the big alliances now starting to form with the Royal Flush. And, and, and listen, going back to current times, I'm loving Tiffany and Derek X's games. I really do. I think they both think ahead, and they're both starting to realize that things are not you know, working in their favor. But I also love this big alliance of the Royal Flush, but it's cracking. It's best for Derek X. It's best for Tiffany. It's best for anybody that's not a king to break this Royal Flush up as soon as possible. And it's so refreshing to see people in alliance like this that are thinking beyond the alliance and thinking about, hey, you know what? This may not be what's best for us. And we see this discussion. And this is what gives me hope for a brighter finish maybe at the end. This is sets up everything I was talking about just a minute ago. Everything's being set up now for possibly having some of the best Big Brother strategy and gameplay that I've seen in a very, very long time. Because Big Brother 23 can finish really strong if these folks continue to question what's going on while being in this alliance and not letting the alliance monster through for eight weeks. 
and thinking now, hey, you know what? This could be a danger for us. Yeah, it was fun this time because we wanted to get rid of somebody, but maybe it's time to start kind of talking a little bit more behind their backs. Tiffany and Derek X, if they can get together, will be the keys to making all of this work. But Derek X already said, hey, you know what? It may be time. <laughs> this, this, this little alliance is making me a little nervous because the kings still have all their people. You know, everybody else is losing someone, but they're not. And they're the ones that call this meeting to have us all working together. Well, what happens when all these other people start running out? There's not that many. And there's not. And you begin to feel like you're a sheep at the dinner table with a bunch of wolves deciding what you're going to eat for dinner. And Derek X is seeing that in the future. Tiffany's seeing that in the future. And we got to tip her hat to that because those are the things that are going to happen. It kind of get big, big, uh, 23 maybe a strong finish, something that CBS needs. But we see the, you know, Brent's going to be evicted. We know that he is. He's still a little delusional. Is his, his interview, you know, his interview, I don't think he's out of whack. Okay? Brent gets evicted. He goes home, <laughs> landslide. And he kind of says, you know, the idea of having a team, I felt very confident. You know, we off at that because, again, we have the eagle's eye view. But the truth of the matter is Brent's not too wrong here. I mean, he's really not too wrong here because, in reality, you are thinking – hey, I got this alliance that's already pre-made. I feel like I've got a good relationships with other people. I feel pretty confident where I see Brittany getting upset and I see Brittany kind of crying all the time and people are probably fed up with that. I don't think Brent – Brent's just delusional, but I don't think it's the wrong idea for him to think, hey, I feel pretty confident with my team. It's just, gosh, it's so hard to watch this guy talk to people. <laughs> it's been so hard. And I think this is what Derek X is recognizing now. It's kind of like everything's interweaving a little bit here because Derek X is also noticing, well, hold on. (laughs) How many more teams are we going to destroy while one team stays together? Then it only gets worse because the HOH comp comes along. Christian wins the surfboard comp. And I do wonder how this game changes if the HOH team going out was not allowed to be in the next HOH comp. Now, I understand the HOH winner can't compete in the next comp, but I almost challenge CBS on the logic that the rest of the players who were safe for a week and, and as a team have the power as a combined HOH together to make decisions that they get to compete again. And I listen, you could do teams of three and have extra team. Like we could we could get it as nasty as we want to make it to expand the teams. Okay? Didn't have to be four people. But at the end of the day, I really question the decision here. Because as I'm watching them compete in the surfboard competition for HOH, I'm thinking, you know, I just don't think that these guys who were on the HOH winning team should be allowed to compete. I mean, they had no threat. And yeah, I know there's a wild card thing that happens and people get safety from that, but that's a decision that somebody has to make that really, it's kind of like a Pandora's box. You can have this or that, and neither one of them are probably going to be what you want. And somebody has to make a decision about their game right there in the wild card. Okay? 
that's a little different than one out of four of you winning an HOH competition, three of you being safe, and then, oh, next week, guess what? You get to compete. Knowing that you pull that on your team. So I take a lot of grief with the fact that we're playing this game in a way that's a little bit unfair when you look at how it was planned out. Not unusual for CBS and Big Brother in production, but it's, we always have a gripe, right? But it's really frustrating to see the Kings continue to rebound the way that they're rebounding. Yeah, the Queens are down one. Ace is down one. Joker's down one. Now, you already have the Kings and Queens working together. You got Derek X working with you. That leaves five more people that are going to go up this week. And guess who it's going to be? It's going to be somebody from the cookout. We haven't even gotten into the cookout. Because it's a good alliance. It's a good group. I, I like the cookout. But the truth of the matter, probably one of them is going to be on the block this week. And I've got a feeling that Christian's probably not going to put Brittany up because he just he's just going to be like, dude, it's just, I can't. He's already working with Derek X. That leaves Whitney, Hannah, Derek, and Isaiah. Look at Derek F. going up. Maybe Derek F. and Hannah going up in this one. I think there's a there's something there with Whitney. I think that's that Whitney could go up. I, I don't know. I just got a feeling we're going to see one at least one cookout member is going to go up. I know that's not crazy calculus I'm using here. It's pretty obvious. But this could be a really tough place for the cookout. And there's going to have to be either ropes cut from the cookout boat or or we're going to be able to save the cookout. But my guess is going to be the cookout is going to become less important this week because Xavier, Kylan, all these people, they're going to have to make big decisions on this cookout. They're going to have to make big decisions here. And Xavier is going to have to make a decision. Is he going to tie his boat to this alliance or is he going to tie his boat to the cookout alliance? He's going to have to make big decisions. And I like Xavier. I think I think he, I really do like him. But, man, this guy is going to be in a lot of pressure. And he's going to have to make decisions. And they're going to be tough decisions because I have a feeling, like I said, Christian's going to be putting up Hannah and, and Derek, I believe. That's going to be my guess. Now, meantime, all this is happening. And everybody's seeing the Kings. And they're seeing the relationship between Alyssa and Christian this is getting people uncomfortable. This is getting Tiffany uncomfortable. This is getting Xavier uncomfortable. This is getting, you know, Derek X uncomfortable. And Derek X and Tiffany, to me, are the keys to flipping things around. And they're both very, very smart. I really like these two together. Man, if a final two of those two, I think by the time it was over, I'd really be torn. Because I think they're both going to play really solid games going forward. They're both really thinking ahead. Whitney, Brittany, eh. Derek F., let's be honest, you know, he's already kind of ratted himself out on a couple of things. I think Derek F. talks a little too much. Hannah, eh, you don't want to release, I mean, you know, what, Hannah at the end? Eh. So I think you got to have a really strong Final Four here coming at the end, but to get there, we're going to have to see the cookout and the Royal Flush fall apart. And I think we're going to see it happen this week, guys. We're going to at least lose somebody from the cookout, I believe, on Thursday. But when it happens, 
we'll be here live, and we'll be talking about it, and you'll be all a part of it. So please, please, please keep us on your dial every Thursday night. We'll be back on schedule. I will not be here (laughs) next week, but I will try to record something when I get back. I'm actually going out of town with everything. I know it's, it's like, why do we even listen? I'm telling you. Stay on it. We're only into the week four now. We've got a long way to go. Just that this beginning has been a little scratchy and hard to get nailed down, but we're going to get it. I won't be here Thursday, but I'm going to try to put something together for you over the weekend when I get back in town, see if we can put something together for you, and we'll see what happens from there. Maybe we'll do a Sunday night special or something. Um, We'll see. We'll see. For now, I'm Sam. This is the Big Brother After Show. Thank you guys for joining. I hope you have a great night and a good week. We'll see you next time. BB After Show. Take care, everybody. Flurry, you better grab a life vest. Did I lie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Pull the mask off. People aren't going to like what they see. Looks going to look like flesh on the outside. Rip it open and it's just circuitry and wires. If my plan works, think of this. I'm going to be off the block from a guy who put on a carrot suit, took an avocado bath, took a chum bath, and sat out of an HOH competition all to get me out. Hello? Will? Yeah? Hey, it's Boogie. Hey! Check this out. Underhanded, unscrupulous, and unexpected. It's time for another summer of Big Brother.